Welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update. Thanks for joining us this morning. And we're going to bring in a guest here uh, in a moment, Davis Maddock. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Uh, he's going to be, he's been writing a ton of content on rotoexperts.com, the NFL 365 package. He sort of oversees that and puts out a lot of content. And I wanted to reach out to him this week for two reasons. Uh, one, his Chiefs played last night. Two, uh, he wrote an article on three running backs who will swing your fantasy football league. So first, Davis, what's going on, man? How you been? Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing everything good, Bob. Uh, thanks for having me. Who was, what was your highlight of Lollapalooza? I, I, you told me you went to Lollapalooza. So who was the highlight for you? Well, highlight had to be Childish Gambino, Don, Donald Glover on, uh, on Friday night. Got up, got up very close. It was, uh, it was a long and hot experience, but definitely worth it. Nice, nice. Uh, good stuff. So, uh, Chiefs played last night. Uh, obviously, a preseason game. There's only so much information that you can glean from it because the starters aren't in long, but uh, they look sharp to start. Uh, I don't think the Bengals are going to be a scary team this year by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, picking up where they left off uh, just a year ago. I mean, I think my probably biggest takeaway was not very many teams are going to score 38 points in the preseason. So I, I kind of think Andy Reid has that whole team drilled down pretty well. And, and that even running that vanilla offense, you know, they, they still had guys in there on the third string who were ready to put up points. I, I, was, I was pretty impressed by the performance uh, pretty much from the top down. Hey, Davis, this is uh, Joe here. Thanks for joining us. So Andy Reid making some uh, some noise this week, talking about maybe uh, Chiefs might be using uh, running back by committee. Uh, first of all, do you believe him? You know, some people are thinking that maybe he's just looking to light a fire uh, under uh, Damian Williams. Uh, we saw Darwin Thompson uh, perform pretty well last night. So what do you think about the uh, Chiefs' backfield this season? So I think any time a coach makes comments about like a running back by committee after the starters been out with injury for a couple weeks, I think it's a good way to motivate the guys who are taking all of those training camp snaps uh, while the running back, like while the lead guys basically just taking a vacation. You know, Damian Williams, he's he's hanging off on the side. He's he's in the cryo chamber and, and Carlos Hyde and Darwin Thompson and Darren Williams are out there in the, uh, you know, they're out there in the 105 degree heat full pads, taking all those reps. So I, I think it's just a good way to keep the whole running back room motivated. I do think probably that he's going to, he is going to lose some of the early down work at times to Thompson or Hyde, but oh, like I moved Damien down, I think like three spots overall in my rankings, but I'm, I'm not like scared per se. Hey Davis, this is Georgia. You got a three man booth here today. Uh, we had an in-house draft. On Friday, and Ezekiel Elliott uh, fell one slot, what I consider one slot to be at number five. It, this, this was a money league; it's about hundred dollars per team here. If you're in a, a major money league, let's let's say two hundred dollars and above here. Where are you taking Elliott? Are you afraid right now? Is what I'm asking. Are you worried that maybe he's not coming back to Dallas anytime soon? I am. I am not worried. Dallas. Dallas. They're going to pay him. Uh, the organization can put on, uh, you know, the, the poker face right now, but they, they're going to pay him if he's not there. Uh, you know, by the week before the first game, they will reach out to his representation and figure out what needs to be done. I, I think the, the most reasonable way to approach it is just to take him fourth overall. 
So you take you take Barkley, you take Kamara, and you take McCaffrey ahead of them because there is zero percent risk that they hold out. And then you you just take into account whatever risk there is for Elliott, and you just take him fourth. Yeah, in that draft, somebody took Le'Veon over Zeke Elliott. Uh, I'm not on board with that. So that was that go. was our producer, our you know, Yang. He had a bad draft. Yang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, I, I heard he took the Bears defense in like the tenth round. So you know, we're not talking about bad draft, uh, Yang. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, Dave. So this article, three running backs that will swing your fantasy league. Uh, you you wrote this because these three running backs in particular, and they are Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Leonard Fournette, are guys that are a little bit more difficult to predict, as you state in here. Running backs that are not uh, in a, a first rounder become a little bit more difficult to project. There's a wider range of outcomes. So I'll start with Josh Jacobs. He said, you say here he's the one you find yourself drafting the most often. He's the cheapest of the three. But uh, the re- the issues for Jacobs reaching his upside is clear. He was not a very good prospect as he backed up third-round pick Damian Harris at Alabama. He ran a bad 40 time. Plus, there's all obviously questions about how good this Raiders offense will be, Antonio Brown thing aside. So give me your thoughts, really, on Jacobs in general. Why are you still drafting him the most of the three? So basically the reason to take Jacobs is that he was a first-round draft pick, and when a running back is drafted in the first round, just historically speaking, that means as long as the guy doesn't get hurt, he's going to be like pretty much by far the lead running back for his team for like the entirety of the season. And uh, I believe the number that was in that article is that like 55% of running backs drafted in the first round have a running back one season or better in their rookie year, and like that alone is pretty much enough for me to take Jacobs in the fourth round because if that offense is even, like, league average, Jacobs probably gets 11 touchdowns, you know, 310 touches or something like that. And, that like, that sort of season in the fourth round can really swing your league. Uh, Davis, you also wrote about uh, Aaron Jones and uh, Packers offense has been in the news because of the uh, little things between uh, new head coach Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. What do you think uh, Matt LaFleur, LaFleur uh, brings to this offense? I mean, uh, he, he was there uh, for Todd Gurley's breakout season as the offensive coordinator from the Rams. Do you think that uh, he, he's going to give the rock to, uh, to Jones enough uh, to, you know, justify him being a, a number one running back? Are you worried a little bit about Jamal Williams uh, taking some uh, carries away from him? I'm definitely a little worried about Jamal Williams just because Aaron Jones is not a very good pass blocker, but I'm also worried about Dexter Williams as well. Uh, their sixth-round draft pick, a guy who had like a really good combine and who the team seems to like and has already started to play well in the preseason. I, I, the, the worry with Jones is just that the running back the, the Packers haven't had – uh, you know, one solid running back since 2015 for Eddie Lacy. And I know that the different coaching staff and, uh, you know, just a different organizational structure, but uh, the common trend is, of course, Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't really like to throw to his running backs either. So the, the situation we could be looking at with Jones is where, yeah, he gets a bunch of early down work, but the team throws in the red zone. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw to running backs. So, you know, he might get 220 carries, but he might only end up getting – 40 targets, eight touchdowns. You know, in that scenario, you're pretty bummed out that you drafted him. Davis, uh, all right, we'll talk about the other problem here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I agree with you. I, I'm still drafting. I imagine I drafted him fifth overall. I have no problem with that. 
How about Antonio Brown? I mean, are you drafting Antonio Brown? He's got the helmet thing now, which is a complete joke. The feet thing where he apparently freezes his feet off. Uh, this guy's a glory hound here. Uh, I'm assuming you've dropped him somewhat. How far have you dropped him? And would you personally draft him? I dropped him a little bit. Uh, like, I moved him back behind um, Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks. But I, didn't, I already had him kind of low. However, uh, I found that he was going way too low. I fired up some... Uh, of the the draft best ball championship draft like wow all of that all of those threads were coming out on Twitter and I took him I think three separate times in the fourth round which just felt like a very good value to me. Uh, okay, last guy in this article you wrote. Uh, again, you can find Davis on Twitter at Davis Maddock, and you can find all his work on RotoExperts.com. He's a good follow on Twitter, and certainly. Uh, provides a lot of great information for your fantasy football league. So the third guy is Leonard Fournette. And I can understand personally why you'd be hesitant in drafting him. But given the fact that they're going to run the ball so much, if he were to stay healthy, that's where his upside lies, right? This may not be an efficient offense, but there's only a f- really three draftable play- draftable pieces on this whole Jaguars team. It's the Jaguars defense, Fournette, and then D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, that is that is really it. And, I mean, Fournette probably more than any other player in fantasy football this year can really put me in a coffin because I just have not drafted him at all. I, if you're looking at third, fourth round picks, I mean, we're two years removed from Jacksonville leading the NFL in rushing attempts. Baltimore probably will this year. But if that defense plays, you know, they, like if they end up having the best defense in the NFL, they'll just give Fournette the ball – 20 to 25 times a game, and if they use him in the passing game, like, there are definitely some ways where Fournette has, like, you know, he finishes as the third best running back in fantasy. I'm just not fitting from it. All right. Uh, sticking with uh, running backs, uh, uh, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, uh, two rookie running backs. Uh, you could get uh, David Montgomery, uh, Bears uh, running back, uh, much earlier than Devin Singletary. Talk to me uh, about what you think of about their outlook. I mean, you know, David Montgomery looked good in his first preseason game. He's got uh, Tariq Cohen there, Mike Davis. Uh, Singletary's got, you know, the old man Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. I mean, who do you think uh, makes the biggest uh, fantasy impact this season? Who do you want to own of those two? Montgomery is a pretty tough sell for me. So the team spends $6 million in free agency on Mike Davis. They have Tari Cohen, who was, you know, by far their most efficient player on offense last season. Uh, they only finished 16th in the NFL in, in uh, yards per play, 19th in the NFL in points scored. People think their offense was a lot better because, uh, you know, they, they ran a lot of cool plays. Taylor Gabriel had some cool games, but the Bears offense is actually not that good. Uh, like on the converse, Devin Singletary, not a, not a great prospect, but he's, like, free, right? You can get him in the 13th, 14th round. It just doesn't matter. And uh, right. he, he's, got a, he's got a very similar chance of starting in the Buffalo offense that Montgomery does in the Bears offense. I think, I think the teams view them almost the exact same way, but the, for whatever reason, the market views them as markedly different players. Dave, let's talk a little uh, draft strategy here. Are you one of those guys – are you comfortable – taking Travis Kelsey round one or Kittle and Ertz, the end of round two, uh, top of round three. Do you like how your team looks when you do that? Personally, I don't. But how do you feel about taking Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle in top three rounds? I 
feel pretty good about taking Kelsey in the first round. Our projections on RotoExperts.com have him like 40 to 50 points better than Kittle in Ertz, like, they, like basically in an entire tier of his own. And, you know, I, I'm pretty big on, on zero running back drafting anyways. So starting that out with the best tight end in fantasy football is like, it, that, that's a great way for your team to project better, even though zero running back teams never project well. Davis, uh, with all your best ball, again, uh, find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock and all of his work on rotoexperts.com. So of all your best balls that you've done to this point, I was tracking some of your progress, reading some of your articles and on Twitter. But now that you've gotten through a whole bunch more, who are the players that you find yourself owning the most? A couple guys, two, three guys. Um, Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Justice Hill and Tony Pollard and Ito Smith at running back, and uh, uh, Kenny Stills at wide receiver are probably the guys who I have the most, just because our, our projections I have them as like four to five round values versus what their ADP is. Nice. So, Davis, I, I was looking at the uh, draft board of the draft that you guys did uh, for FNTSY. Uh, the other day, and ninth round, you got uh, Kalen Balaj, uh from the Dolphins. Uh, how do you think that, that that backfield shakes up? I mean, this could be a real value pick based on you know the, what we're seeing very early with uh, Balaj getting a lot of work with the first uh, uh, first team. So, uh, what do you think about the the workload uh, between Balaj and, and Kenya Drake this season? It should probably be right, like right around 50-50. Like, and that's how it was in the first preseason game. Drake came out in the first series, looked pretty good. Belage came out in the second series, looked pretty good. And then scored a touchdown, actually got more work in the receiving game than I thought he would as well. Uh, I, I think basically they should have a very similar ADPs. I think it should kind of be how the Tampa Bay guys both go in the 10th round most of the time. I kind of think that's how the Miami backfield should be viewed. Davis, uh, and how do you feel about taking a quarterback? I mean, the tight ends, you're okay. Do you, when do you take a, a quarterback? Would you take Pat Mahomes in round two? Would you want to wait? Are you looking for value later on because there's so many quarterbacks? And does that strategy change any in a super flex league? Uh, in a super flex league, yeah, you could probably like you could take one in like the fourth or fifth round. That's what I did in uh, the Scott Fishbowl league, but. No, in general, I'm never taking Patrick Mahomes in the second or third round. I mean, maybe if I have, like, a later pick in the fourth round and Chris Godwin and Josh Jacobs and Brandon Cooks are all gone, I would think about it. Or sometimes in the draft basketball championship, if I draft Travis Kelsey in the first round, maybe I would take Mahomes in the third uh, just to set up the stack. But in general, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Dave. And I'll tell everybody out there, you got to follow him on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. Really good articles. He is the number one Justice Hill truther, I would say. Davis, I'm going to give you that moniker. You've probably talked about it more than anybody else that I've seen. So you're in on the Ravens offense, probably because you're going to be running the ball so much. Very, very in. Uh, definitely the number one Justice Hill truther. I hope that's safe. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Thanks. I uh, appreciate you joining us this morning. We'll talk to you again soon. So, uh, all right. Good stuff. So, guys, Justice Hill, I'll let you comment, uh, both George, you first. 
Davis really just thinks that Justice Hill, who was had a very productive collegiate career, is going to be the guy that sort of takes over the reins for Mark Ingram at some point, or at least, given his ADP, will have a pretty big impact in this Ravens rushing offense. Well, I think before we get too much on the Ravens offense, we have to think, how much is Lamar Jackson going to run? How much are they going to run, period? You know, last year, they, that's all they did, right? He just, Jackson couldn't really throw the ball. I assume he's made some modifications there where he's gotten at least better at throwing the ball down the field, right? So that's going to take away some running opportunities. We've heard different reports from, from Baltimore. First was they got 10, 12 times a game, Lamar Jackson. Well, damn, that's a lot. They'll be putting Jackson in the coffin by week 10 if they do that. Uh, but that's still, they're going to run him. That's what, that's what he's good at here. Well, is he, is he going to steal those running, rushing touchdowns? You know, those one-yard runs, it's going to be Lamar Jackson, not Ingram? Because you would think that's Ingram's the bigger back. That's where he would go. I like Justice Hill. I like him a lot. Uh, I think for me, though, he's more of a reserve guy. Let's see what happens here. Uh, I think he's more than a handcuff. So I would draft him as uh, more than a handcuff over Ingram. But I'm going to slow my roll as far as thinking he's going to be the next breakout guy here. Just too much going on there in the backfield. Gus Edwards as well. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ju- Justice Hill went in first, uh, first pick of the tenth round the other day in this draft. I don't know why the heck I wasn't in this draft, but whatever. I'm sure you guys are scared that I'm going to win the whole thing. But nonetheless, uh, he was the first pick of the tenth round the other day. Justice Hill went to Davis Maddock, who we just had on the phone. Well, I can tell you this draft was a little haphazard. We only I only found out the day before. And Jim, Jim Day and I, like, what the hell? Then it, was, then it was a money league. We weren't even told. It was like, oh, drafting tomorrow, money league, good good luck. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I think we had to scramble to make sure we were free for it. And it was a long draft, man. I think it was like, you know, yeah. for, for a draft league, it should have been an hour and a half. This thing lasted almost three hours. It was, uh, it was long. So, Mike, I wouldn't take it's any really offense to it. We all hate but, uh, you, Mike. I, we all I, talk about you all the time. I, I guess, I'm, I guess I'm glad I wasn't in it. So... <laughs> Galena, we'll let you comment on Justice Hill and a couple other things from this draft after the break. It's Mike, Joe, and George. Fantasy Sports Radio. We'll be right back.